Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. My guest this week is a mover and shaker in the gambling world. He runs Right Angle Sports, which is notorious for having influence on sports gambling lines. I'm happy to call him my friend. Please welcome Ed Golden. Ed, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, Ed, let's start from the beginning. When did gambling get into your life? Well, it started at a young age. My dad was a horse player, so I got introduced to, you know, handicapping horses, reading the form. I'd spend a lot of days at the racetrack, and I remember having $10 a lot. I don't know if my dad gave me $10 or with my own money sometimes, whatever it was. But, like, I remember I had to make that $10 last the whole nine races because if you, if you ran out of money at race three, it's a long day to, you know, to get through nine races. It's not a lot of fun. So, so that was my start. Um, as I got older, my, I have an older brother. He was a big influence on me. He was a big college basketball fan, uh, Michael Jordan at North Carolina, ACC. And I remember I was about, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. First time we got cable in our house, it was like a big deal because we could watch ACC basketball on weekdays after school. That was just kind of how it was in our house. And my dad, you know, he already had bookies from, from playing the horses. So, you know, it wasn't long before my brother was, was you know, started betting when he was in high school. Um, and so it just kind of grew from there. And you grew up in... L.A. area or? Yeah, L.A. area. So you had a nice influence at an early age because your dad liked gambling, your brother liked gambling. Um, besides going to the racetrack, when did you start betting sports? So I would say, you know, I, I, somewhere between that 10 and 16 age, I would, you know, make little bets here and there. Um, I think it was I was around 16 when my dad kind of, and probably got tired of putting my bets in, and he set me up with, with a bookie. Um, so I was putting my own bets in then, and, you know, I've, I've pretty much been involved ever since. Were you always a winning gambler? No, no. I mean, I, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like I had a good feel for stuff, but, you know, I definitely wasn't a winning gambler. So... You're in high school, you're betting, you're not winning. When does things turn around? It's a good question. Um, You know, as I got older, I want to say, you know, early 20s, I I started gravitating more to to college sports. Um, And I feel like I started, you know, I started getting a clue and, and, and doing better. And I was working... Um, at the valet at a hotel. And I remember it was getting to the point where I would be giving my picks to all the employees, you know, all the valet runners, the bell desk, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, 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 people started like, you know, they wanted my picks, you know, we were winning, we were doing well and it was exciting. And, you know, it's passing, you know, passing by people in the parking lot, you know, NC State's up by 10. You know, it was that kind of, you know, it made it work fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I was building up confidence that way and, and just getting more and more experience. And my mom was a school teacher and, and you know, this is 1995, 94, I don't know when it was, but uh, right around when the internet came out and, and, you know, she bought us a computer for the house and they had America Online on it, AOL. And, you know, from there I started, you know, discovering new ways to handicap, you know, new ways to access stats, new ways to, you know, research teams, listen to games on the radio, you know, audio of games, you know, different things like that. It kind of opened up a whole new world. And I would say that was kind of the start of, you know, really starting to get better. Great. So you're, you're, you're valeting, you're making a little bit of an earn, you're betting with your bookie. 
um, when do you leave the valet business? So, you know, it's one day the valet, the whole entire department got laid off. So now I'm at home, you know, have no money, no, you know, no bankroll. I, I was, um, I was going to junior them. college. Yeah, well, I was going to junior college at the time. Um, and, you know, I'm getting on the AOL message boards and the chat rooms and all that kind of stuff. And it just seemed to me at the time that, you know, it was like a good idea to start a service. I, I had been posting on the message boards. I was starting to get, you know, kind of a decent following. Um, and basically getting fired from that job is what ultimately led me to start the service, RAS. How did you come up with the name RAS, Right Angle Sports? You know, that's, that's another thing I, I got from my brother. He, uh, he had a little business that, that he uh, would do at the racetrack. He would pick up the programs in the morning and, and sell them at the, liquor, at, the, at the liquor stores, and he called it the Right Angle. So I kind of stole that name from him. I got to give him credit for that. All right, so you start Right Angle Sports in about, what, 96-ish? 96. Okay, so that's even before I was active in a business. Um, how how does the you know how does that that kind of business start? What you know you know you said you got a loyal following on a message board. How does it start? Like you know what what's 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 involved in starting a pick selling business? So, I I, I had a uncle at the time who was like good with computers, and he helped me build my first website. And basically what I did was I, I had a mailing list and anyone who signs up for the mailing list, I would give the whole first month of every season free. And, you know, I was known for these big long write-ups. I would do big long write-ups from all the games and I would do college sports only. And so, you know, I had, a, I would start, you know, building up a pretty decent mailing list, you know, maybe 50, 100, a couple hundred people. And the first couple of years, yeah, you know, first year I probably had like seven subscribers. Next year maybe fifteen. Next year maybe you know twenty-five, thirty. And it was my my fourth year, nineteen ninety-nine, I think it was. Um, I started the college football, and, and you know, and, and keep in mind at the time, like, you know, my family was like, you know, you got to get a job, you got to focus on school. You know, no, no one took any of this seriously. And, and me, I was like, you know, I got to make this work. Like, I don't want to get a real job. That was like my biggest motivation. Mm. Anyway, so 1999 football season comes around. I've, you know, I've got a pretty good band list by now. And I started the season 13 and 1. And, you know, this, this is big, long write-ups. I mean, it, you know, it looks like I knew what was going to happen before it before it happened, you know, the games are winning by big margins. And, you know, next thing you know, I got a kitchen table full of, of checks. You know, everybody paid by mail back then. And, you know, I got a kitchen table full of checks and it's just, you know, it's exciting. It's like, wow, you know, I can really do this. And, you know, it kind of just took off from there. So how many subscribers did you have? What did you build up then? Like you said, 99. I think I got about 150. Wow. That football and, season. And do you remember what you were charging? I, it was, it was nothing. It was like a hundred bucks, maybe, or, um, you know, something in that range. hundred bucks for the season or for the month? For the season, for the college football season. season. Now, did you, at that time, did you, you know, obviously we all go through downspurts. When you had a losing, did you did you ever have a losing season back then, or a losing week, or a losing month, or a losing what? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had losing weeks and, and months. Um, I think I had one losing season back then. When you had losing weeks and months, how does that you know? Obviously, it sucks, but how do you deal with the customers complaining, or you know, what what's involved with that? I mean, you know, it, it comes with the territory. You know, you, you try to, you try to, uh, you know, listen to what they're saying and, and, and try to 
answer them honestly and yeah, and let them know you're doing your best. Um, now this whole time you're betting your own plays. Um, I mean, you know, I, I was betting. I didn't have, have any money. I wasn't betting, you know, any, any meaningful amounts. But you were still betting. Sure, sure. Okay, so you had skin in the game. Now, when does, when does the market start taking notice of your plays? Because I remember when I first found out you came on the scene. But maybe you can't, maybe obviously, you, you know, when did you start influencing the market? So, you know, it, it started right around that year. Um, you know, I, I definitely got a lot, a lot of recognition uh, for that football season that carried over into future seasons. And I think it was somewhere around that time, maybe the next year or two, when a lot of the sharp forms started picking up. You would start seeing RAS discussion. And when that happened, I started getting a lot more sharper clientele. And that's when the line, you know, really started moving because obviously these guys are betting more and, you know, it only takes one or two max bets to, to move the market in college sports. So I, I would say, you know, right around that time. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I remember, you know, around 05, 06, you know, and I, I was very, very heavy into it back then. And that's when I kind of took notice. You know, I remember I seen a line moving and, um, I'm saying, I know I asked the guy next to me and I say, who, who, who bet that game? And, you know, we saw the, the, the screen go black and I, and you know, then I, you know, of course I'm involved in so many different networks and everything. So I, you know, I talk and people are calling me, do we know who bet that? I'm like, did Billy bet it? Billy Walters? No, Billy didn't, you know, we found out Billy didn't bet that game. Um, okay. Did, uh, you know, Doc Midland bet the game or not? No, it wasn't Doc. Um, and I'm, you know, we're asking who, who, you know, who's betting a college, I think it was college football, it might have been college basketball or college football, it was one or the other, but I just, I, I remember, it, uh, remember it pretty clearly, and I didn't find out, and then I said, you know, and we were just trying to find out who bet it, and then somebody called me, and he goes, yeah, I found out, it's, you know, it's some Jewish kids um, out of, out of <laughs> Cali. And I'm like, some Jewish kids, the kosher boys are betting? I don't think the kosher boys bet the college basketball. It goes, no, not the kosher boys. Some some Jewish kids that run a service. I'm like, a service? And he goes, yeah, some right thing. I don't know what it's called. And, you know, wind up being you guys. So it's like, you know, and that's when we sort of take a notice saying, holy shit, what, what's happening here? Because, you know, back then you kind of knew who the movers and shakers were and, uh, there weren't many, you know, like I know you said that it takes one or two max bets to move the market, but back then, you know, there was so many different places that, you know, and guys would move on action versus moving on air most of the time. So it took right. a few more than, you know, you have to, as opposed to now where it, it really does take one or two bets back then it took a little, it took a little doing to be able to move everybody and turn the screen black. It wasn't, it wasn't as easy as it is now. So, um, you know, a blip here and a blip there is very different than um, than seeing the whole thing go black. Um, and that's when I took notice, and and that's when uh, I said, "Wow, this is pretty. This is this is incredible." So, you know, you're getting recognition now, um, and, and and you're doing well. Um, when do you start? You know, the subscriber list grow. Do your bet sizes grow? What's happening exactly? Um, yeah, kind of all of the above, you know, the, the subscriber base got bigger, the, you know, we, we started charging more for the picks. Um, you know, my bankroll was growing, obviously. Um, so, you know, the, the, the next big thing, you know, fast forward to like 2005 is when I met my first partner, Mike, and he, he, he had been a subscriber a few times and he was on my message boards at the time. And, you know, we just got to talking here and there and he asked me questions and, and, you know, we have discussions about games and, you know, he, he, he was, you know, he's younger than me, sharp. And, you know, I could just tell right away, like he, he was making me better. And so, you know, it wasn't long before he officially joined the team. That was 2005. And at that point, you know, he's on the East coast. You know, his specialty was uh, the Colonial Conference. You know, I'm on the West Coast. I'm doing, you know, Big West and WCC and, you know, whatever. 
And so our, our volume, you know, really skyrocketed. The service volume really skyrocketed. And so, you know, it, it, things really started getting, you know, pretty high level, you know, right around that time. And, and you know, I, you know, the people who are on the, the bearing top form kind of know, you know, Mike a little bit. He's, you know, he's basically a legend to me. Um, but yeah, so that was a big turning point where we really started to grow everything. So I had the pleasure of meeting Mike, and Mike is a, a top-notch guy, you know. Uh, so I, I, I can say first from first-hand experience that, that Mike's a solid guy. So, you know, you're, you're starting to, to you're starting to get noticed in the business. Um, you know, when do the when do the totals get it? Because I remember you know you were doing mostly sides a lot of the. When do you guys start really attacking the college total markets? Yeah, I want to say it was around 2007. Um, it was kind of the introduction of, of Ken Palm and, and the college basketball totals market, you know, kind of became, you know, something that everybody was, was going after. And, you know, we, we, we crushed it. We really crushed it for, you know, I want to say three or four or five years there where, you know, lines were moving like crazy. Our win percentage was, you know, were, were crazy. And I think, that's where we really went to the next level with, you know, line movement and, and kind of being more, more mainstream awareness of, of who we were and what we're doing. Um, you know, that was definitely a big part of our story was, was kind of in that, that time range there. And was your, you know, it was still just you and Mike at the time or. Yeah. So I want to say towards the tail end of that, we, we started expanding the team. Um, we had a couple guys uh, who, who were, you know, helping with the origination and, and, you know, research, you know, this and that, giving us numbers. And right around that time, um, I, you know, I, I kind of had a falling out with a couple of the guys and a couple of the guys left the team. And at, at the time there was a lot of talk on, uh, on message board, yeah, I mean, just you know, little rumors here. Res lost their best handicappers, and they're not going to win anymore. And you know, blah blah blah. You know, all the stuff you hear. And I was looking for for you know someone someone new to bring on. And there was this this guy that I had, another guy I had a minute on form, and and I was asking him like, you know, hey, do you know anybody like anybody that want to you know come work at Res and. He's like, oh, let me see, let me see, you know. A week later, I couldn't find anybody. I'm following up with him. Hey, you know, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? And, uh, you know, I, I asked him so many times if he knew anybody that he started thinking to himself that he could do this, you know, that he wanted to do it himself. And so, and he had a couple of guys, you know, he, he kind of had like his own team together uh, that, that were working on, the, you know, they were doing their website already. And he kind of, he, you know, brought basically all of them over to work at RAS all at once. And we call them the dream team at the time. Anyways, you know, two of the guys are still with us. You know, one of them is, is, is Jeff. And, you know, a lot of people know him from the chat already. And, you know, he's, he's been, you know, I would say one of, the, one of the things I'm most proud about the service is just, you know, how long we've been able to sustain our success. And, you know, he joined in, two, you know, Mike joined in, 2005, Jeff joined in 2012, and you know it's because of them that we've been able to really sustain, you know, this long. Wow, awesome! I love it. Um, so so you guys now are building this business big. Things are happening now. You know, now that the market is taking notice, um, let's talk about what's happening now with respect to ensuring that subscribers are able to, you know. Because as a professional sports better, because at this point you're not just a pick seller now you're you're betting you're betting your stuff right so you know as a sports better, you want to be able to there's kind of like a a fine line you have to walk you want to make sure that your subscribers are getting on the right price they're not taking your sloppy seconds you're not front running them 
And at the same time, you want to make sure that you're getting the same price too. You know, you're not going to release minus five, line goes to six and a half, and here you are laying six and a half. That's not going to happen. So how do you manage and how do you, you know, just be able to balance that act? Well, it's, it's, it's a difficult balancing act. And ultimately the answer is that, you know, we, we prioritize the service and sacrifice our betting. That's just kind of a decision that we've made, you know, a long time ago. Um, so, so, you know, we still find ways to better stuff, you know, undercover quietly, you know, whatever it is. Um, but we're definitely not going to get as much on a game that we're giving out to our customers. Okay. So, you know, just to be devil's advocate and, and <clears throat> you know, it's, it's like when you prioritize your service and sacrifice the betting, does that hurt the earn the bottom line for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you can easily make that case that it does, um, because we're not we're not maximizing our betting, and you know we've done so well that you know I'm sure we would have made more just maximizing the betting. So, you know, listen, we're this is it's a cutthroat business. Everybody's trying to earn. Everybody's trying to do anything. Um, you know, like I know you personally, so I know you're a nice guy, but people that are skeptical might say, Hey, you know, are you really telling me that you're just doing this to be a nice guy and, you know, sacrifice your earn for the good of the sports betting community? Um, is that something people, you know, is, is that a selling point? Are you doing this just to be a nice guy? There's gotta be something like, why would you, if you could make more betting the stuff yourself, not have the service, why would you just not bet it and forget the service? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone believes that we're doing it because we're nice guys. Um, but we do take a lot of pride in the service. So it, it's something that we focus on. And, and, and you know, it, the service is an asset. It's, it's not like it doesn't make any money. You know, it, 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 made, it made money. It helped me build my bankroll. Uh, and, you know, it was just something that, you know, we, we enjoy doing it. And it, it was making money. And... It just, you know, every year we kind of like evaluate, you know, what should we do? Should we keep the service? Yeah, we should, you know, and we go back and forth and we come up with different things. And, you know, the, the future opportunity is what we always wanted to, to keep in mind. You know, maybe there was some way we could scale it in the future. And, you know, just, you know, more recently, just, you know, looking ahead towards the legalization and stuff like that, you know, maybe there could be an opportunity for us somewhere to scale the business better. And, you know, we want to keep that asset going. Okay, no, fair enough. I'm just, so, so you know, there, you know, is it, is it a, I'm just, just, just like, you know, so you want to have that asset and also listen, you know, there's some people, look, you know, search for fame or, or for notoriety or, you know, you know, do you, is that something of value to you? Like, Hey, listen, Ed, right angle sports, that name, you built it. Um, is, you know, you take pride in that. Is that a big thing? Because, you know, sacrificing an earn, you have to, if you're going to sacrifice money, there has to be something to compensate for that. And is that what's compensating for it? Well, we definitely put a lot into it. You know, we, we, we put a lot into it and we're proud of it. And, you know, it's it just, it's just something, I mean, you know, for me personally, like I want to, I want to see the brand keep going. I want to see what it could become. So how do you, you know, obviously you're, you're, you know, you know, a service, let's just say will release X number of picks and you're obviously betting X plus Y number of picks. How do you determine what X is and what Y is? How do you know what to release to the public? What criteria do you look for? Well, I mean, generally speaking, we're always trying to get our best stuff. Uh, to the public. Service. To the public. Yeah. You know, the, the type of plays that we're releasing, we want to get the best stuff that we possibly can out there. Now, you know, there, there could be a few exceptions to that. Maybe it could be something that, you know, a line that's way off and you know it's going to move before we, we can release it. You know, you know, we probably bet that and not release it. You know, there's things, you know, there's exceptions like that that will happen. But generally, you know, we've always made the service a priority. Fair enough. So, you know, you 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 release you're, you're giving out your best stuff. So you're even sacrificing more of an earn. 
um, with respect because you want the, the public, you know, the, the service to have the best things. Now, you know, as, as we were just talking about before, once you become, you know, known for moving lines, and, and let's just, you know, just for anybody that's listening, you know, there's very few, I could probably count them on one hand and have a few fingers left over of services that when they release line, re release picks are moving markets. So just want to make sure that this is not uh, an industry standard. You know, Ed and his team are a very unique breed when it comes to the pick selling business. Very, very unique. It just, it's so rare. Um, uh, so I just want to make sure everybody understands that. But that being said, given that you have that unique ability that, you know, people are listening, how do you ensure that all of your subscribers are able to get down on the released price? You know, right. so, right. So, before you answer that, let me just, sure. I also want to just say, you know, somebody like me, okay, I'll subscribe to your service, no problem. But again, I have technology where within the span of a second, I could hit a thousand outs. Okay. So you release a game minus three. It's no problem for me. I'm not, you know, Joe regular logging into my website and checking. Okay, here it is. And then trying to lay the seven. No, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm technologically advanced and it's, it's, it's obviously, so the service fee for me is a no brainer. Um, but not everybody obviously is, has my operation. How does a regular guy, so I'm kind of like rephrasing the question, how does a regular guy receive value and make sure that he gets down at that price? Go ahead. Yeah, so it's something that has evolved, you know, over many, many years. So, you know, when I first started, I would email the plays out. I mean, shoot, it'd be two in the morning. I would send an email to everybody, you know, go to bed, I'm done. Um, obviously, that, you know, didn't work very long. You know, it didn't last very long. And so we, we started, we, we got the countdown timer idea from Dr. Bob, and we started using that uh, for a couple of years. Um, then we got it to where, you know, after when the, count, like the countdown ends, it would, it would send you a text and an email, or, or it would show up on the screen. You know, we, we tried, we basically tried everything. Um, let, let, let's talk about that countdown timer. How does, you know, remind everybody or people that don't know how that worked. Yeah, so we'd have a release time, let's say it was 1230. So, you know, you log into the site at 1229 and it would say, you know, 60 seconds on the screen. And that, that time would, would count all the way down to zero. And when it hit zero, you would hit refresh and the pick would appear there or, or it would, it would send to your email and text or, you know, we did so many different things. I, I kind of lost track of them all, but, but yeah, you would hit refresh when it hit zero and then the pick would appear on the screen. But what we what we what, what we determined is that you know even stuff like that where people would use screen scrapers and and you know like you know people like you using bots um, so there are always ways that certain people would get advantages and so you know we just had to keep evolving and evolving and evolving. Now, when that timer thing went down, you know, I never had a problem with any methodology you ever used for me personally, just because, you know, I'm ready and I'm, I'm, you know, I have a staff here. We're sitting here 15, 16 hours a day. So nothing's getting past us. But right. for the regular guy, you know, how, what percentage of your subscribers would complain saying, what the fuck? I'm giving you all this money, but I'm not getting the released line because that must have been the biggest headache to handle that right no I, I would get a lot of those emails um but you know the the the, the honest truth is like the the service retention rate was, was really high i mean we're talking 80 percent range okay you know, I, I, people people who were with me most of them were with me for you know long term gotcha. um but you know of, of course you always get you know you, there's always the exceptions you get complaints um and you know i, I would refund people if they, if they want to refund or you know whatever it is it, you know it definitely, like you said, it takes, you know, certain attributes and skills, uh, you know, to be successful playing a service. Well, I want to get into that in a second. That's very important. But uh, so let's get back to that, you know, what you need to be able to utilize the service. But, you know, what, what up? So the timer, when did you find a way then to ensure that you had an even higher retention rate and a higher success rate from all your clients? Well, 
I, you know, I, I think the one we're most proud of is, is, is the current model that we use now, which is our, well, well, I, well, I would hope so, Ed. If you weren't, if you were proud of the model <laughs> beforehand, then we got a problem. But God, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we we call it the set and go release system, and basically we you know we have a chat room. Everybody comes in the chat room, and we'll say you know set up South Alabama over over fifty three. And after we put that, you basically have about 45 seconds to go to your sports book or one or two or three and, you know, put, put your, you know, select the game, get the bet amount, get all the way to the final confirmation screen, you know, whatever it is, it could be the password. It could be, you know, just hitting confirm, whatever it is. And at the end of 45 seconds, we'll, we'll send a, a go, which means go ahead and make that final click and, and get your bet in or cancel, which means it's not a real play, forget about it. So, but by doing that, you know, a regular guy can, can make that final click and he can compete with someone like you who's using a bot to bet a thousand outs because all he's doing is making that final click. Very nice. Why did it take you 20 years to think of that system? <laughs> well, you know, it, it I mean, believe it or not, a lot of people didn't think it would work. I mean, it, it was, and you know, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. We, it's not, it's not something that, you know, you know, works hundred percent all the time, but, but you know, the reason we have the cancels is so people don't jump the gun. Of course. So, you know, it, 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 it works out well. And, and, you know, recently we, we've been doing some in the, in our chat room to, to you know, to a real large audience and, and it's worked pretty well so far. Beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about service and, and uh, you know, a service in general. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in, in the sports talent business, the pick selling business, there's a negative connotation. It's just that there's a negative stereotype out there. And, you know, it, there, there's justification for that just because of what we've seen come through the doorways, you know, in the past with the Stu Finers and the Vegas Daves and the – Anybody, you know, there's just so many out there that are just guys, snake oil salesmen, guys that really are not professional sports bettors. They're just marketers. That's what they do. Um, how do you try to separate yourself from those guys? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm the first to admit that, you know, the vast majority of people selling picks, you know, shouldn't be selling picks. There's a lot of misrepresentation, scams people who don't win, uh, you know, on and on and on. I, I, I totally get that. Um, you know, for, for a long time, I feel like we've set the standard and, and have, have promoted, you know, things like full transparency, uh, you know, widely available lines, uh, you know, long-term records, um, you know, th things that not a lot of people do. Uh, you know, we were the first people that kind of put, you know, shined a light on, on quality line value. Um, you know, it's something you would hear from sharps, maybe on, on, on forums and stuff, but, but never from a service. Um, and now it's, you know, everybody kind of uses this stuff. So, you know, I, I feel like we've championed a lot of that stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm the first to, to jump on people, you know, especially in the past, I would jump on other services and, you know, all the, you know, short-term records and, you know, your record keeping sucks or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with everybody on that. Um, you know, where I push back is, you know, these, these kind of, you know, I feel like it's gone too far where there's some extreme positions out there now. There's, you know, there's the never buy a picks crowd. There's people who, you know, won't have someone on their podcast or on their radio show. They won't have anyone who sells picks. And, and it's not just, it's not just because they feel that way. It's because they're, worried about the pushback, you know, the blowback they'll get or the criticism they'll get from, you know, the Twitter crowd or whoever, if they do have people on their show with picks. And, and so I think that's, you know, going too far and you should never disqualify someone from, you know, from whatever, just because they have sold picks or sell picks or whatever. Okay. So let's dissect now, you know, a little bit about, what you said with the pick selling um you know I, 
anybody that buys picks, there, you know, you, you have to. Number one, you gotta, you know, make sure you get closing line value, which probably disqualifies, you know, consistent closing line value, which probably disqualifies ninety nine percent of the guys out there. But you also have to be able to overcome the not just the bookmaker's vig, but the actual service price. So let's just, for example, say you're paying ten dollars a pick, which is kind of standard. Let's just, you know, I'm just just throwing a number out there. And if you're betting three hundred dollars, and it's minus one ten, instead of risking three thirty to win three hundred, you're risking three forty to win two ninety, essentially. And instead of laying one ten, you're like laying, you know, a dollar seventeen ish. Um, it's hard to beat a dollar ten, let alone a dollar seventeen. So you know the line has to move enough to be able to overcome laying that heavy price. Um, so when people say don't buy picks or anything, you know you have to. I think, and I and I credit you for this, Ed, in the sense of you know you're the first person. I think I, I remember you saying this on your website years ago that the service is not for everybody. You have to bet enough money and be around to be able to have enough outs, you know, in order to bet enough money to take advantage of the service because. A hundred dollar better or two hundred dollar better is really, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to pay for a service. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, but again, just, just to go back to you know the, the, these extreme views, like people say, never buy picks. Well, you know, th there are people that, there are people out there who exist who who do bet enough who are around the computer. Well, maybe they have, you know, bots or whatever, someone like you. Um, you know, th th there are people out there who want to want to do this for a living, want to want to be sharp, want to be professionals, who 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 aspire to, you know, to get to that that level. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's it's helping anybody by saying never buy picks. I think it's a lot more factual and a lot more interesting to say. Well, you know, there's a lot of pros who buy picks. Oh, no, absolutely. And I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I've subscribed to your service all the time. And I've, I've you know, and it's very different. You know what I mean? I'm paying $10 a pick, but I'm getting down $50,000. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's a no-brainer to me. And I could get down on not even the price you release. Most likely because you release a consensus price. I get down sometimes better prices. You know what I mean? I have all right. five outs. I have outs that might have a half a point better. So, it's it's a super no brainer for somebody like me, but nobody's like me. As like you know, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, not everybody has a setup like me. For your regular guy, for your regular guy, even if he's betting a nickel a game, let's just say, you know, you know, what I mean, a, a, a nickel a game, instead of risking five fifty to win five hundred, he's risking you know five sixty to win four ninety. Um, if it's ten dollars a pick. Five sixty to win four ninety. That's about you know minus the minus fifth minus fourteen or something like that. So it's still you have to overcome that extra vig. It's not easy. Um, right. No, no it's it, it's definitely not easy. I, I would say I would argue there's there's a lot of middle ground between where you are and and what's needed. You know, I, I think a five hundred dollar better playing our stuff at minus one fourteen would would be way ahead. Um, but there's also people who bet a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, you know, whatever. But but absolutely, it's hard. Every everything in gambling is hard. You know, handicapping is hard. Getting accounts is hard. Maintaining accounts is hard. I, I you know, there's nothing easy about it. So, you know, if if you're gonna set the bar so low that you know, like the average Joe, well, you know, the average Joe shouldn't be betting. Well. People like the bet for entertainment purposes, and you get when you say the average Joe shouldn't be betting. The average Joe Ed is what feeds your family and my family, um, you know, as professional betters because they're very good for the ecosystem. Because bookmakers need to have money or extra money to pay guys like you and I. So the average Joe, I'm not deterring any of average Joes listening to be betting. Please continue to bet. You know, what I mean, I got kids to feed, but at the same time, you know. The average Joe shouldn't be buying picks unless you're betting big money, enough money. Not doesn't have to be big money. I'm gonna, you know, but you like you said, enough money to overcome that service fee. 
And also, you got to be around. So let's just say you send out a thing. You would send out an email or send out a text. What if I'm at the beach? Or what if I'm, you know, shit, man, I can't do this right now. So I'm paying for this service. Hey, man, here it is. Because, listen, most other services, a guy will call you up and say, all right, you know, uh, take LSU plus six or whatever it is. And then there's no shot. You know, it doesn't matter. That line's going to be six for the next six hours. It's going to be six for the next five days. You know, whatever it is. And exactly, it might even go up to seven. So nobody's rushing there. That's that's the you know that's the shit touts out there. For you, it's different. You know, you have to be able with the current system to be around. So there's a time constraint there. There's a, there's a time uh, uh, factor that you have to put in. There's a bankroll factor you have to put in. It, there's a lot of factors. It's definitely not for everybody. If you could make it work, and if you're around, listen, I'll be the first to say I use services, but I'm doing this. 16, 17, 18 hours a day. I live, breathe, I have a team. We live, breathe, and eat this shit. It's very different. So 100%, and I, there's, no, there's no doubt about it, uh, your service is great for somebody like me. But I push back a little bit, and I'm asking you, is it great for the regular Joe? No, I mean, I think, I think we already established that the service isn't for everybody. Uh, it, it, and, you know, RES is, is certainly... For only a select, a select few people, but the, the point I'm making is not even so much about RES. It's just you know, someone who sells something it should not be it shouldn't be a disqualifying characteristic. And and, and you know I, I would point to like Don Best. Okay, I, I know you subscribe to Don Best. You know we subscribe to Don Best. You know it's not it's not the greatest product in the world, but we got to have it now. It, 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 you got to bet a certain amount of money to justify that purchase, right? So, I, I mean, it, it, you know, none of this is easy. None of this, you know, if, and in order to utilize Don Best, you got to have time. You got to have skills. You got to have bankroll. And it's no different for, for RES or other services. Of course. Listen, but people that use a Don Best premium feed, we have our own internal stuff too, but people that use a Don Best premium feed, you know, those are pros. This is on a pro level. So you're talking to pros out there. And that's good. I love this. We're addressing pros. But I'm pretty sure the majority of listeners or the majority of people out there, or when people tell people don't buy picks, it's not talking to the pros. We're talking to the general public, the regular well, that, well, well, that, well, that, well, that's fine. But, but I would say let's, let's tell the general public, hey, you don't need to buy Don Best. You're not, you're not ready for that yet. But I'm not going to tell them never buy Don Best. Fair enough. Yeah, of course. You're not ready for it. I agree with you. Um, right. Now, but Don Best has, uh, uh, or, or some of these other lines feeds, they might have a cheaper, like maybe a, a two-minute delayed feed. It sure. might be just fine for some people. Sure. Um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of services who give out free content, free picks. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, someone gets someone, hey, maybe you can learn something. Maybe you can pick something up. Maybe you can pick a nugget up. Absolutely. I think the free picks is, uh, um, you know, if somebody's giving free stuff out, nobody ever said anything bad about anything that's free it might be worthless but you're right sometimes in the free things um you can find definitely nuggets in that but in in today's world for somebody betting 300 bucks is there a service out there that and you don't have to name the service or anything but is if i'm betting 300 dollars a game is it worth it for me to subscribe to any service yes or no yes why because I think I think there's products and services out there that you can get value from. And, even and, and even if I'm betting only three hundred bucks a game. Even at three hundred bucks, there's there's some inexpensive options out there that you can you can gain value from. And you know, and, and just just to be clear, like I, I, for for me and I think for you as well, there's there's different ways to get value from from a service. The first one is is you know, let's say the picks win, you bet them, you follow them, you bet them by only you. And you make money that way. Okay, fine. Number two is sometimes there could be information. There could be a write-up. There could be injuries. There could be, you know, whatever. And, and, and people definitely get value out of that. Um, and then the third one is market timing. You know, I, I want to know when RES is going to release or Dr. Bob's going to release. I want to know what time they release so I can bet my stuff before them. Or I want to be around to see, to make sure they don't mess up some game, a game I like. You know, whatever it is. That, that's valuable information. I mean, it's almost like 
you know, the need to have Don Beth, you, you also need to have, you know, RAF. Now, you make a good point with the market timing. I just, uh, you just got me thinking about a story. So I remember when Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob was hot for a couple of years. Then he kind of fizzled out, but he still moved the line a little bit. I remember there was one game. I'll never, I don't remember what the game was, but I remember Dr. You know, I remember Billy Walters was going to lay 10. He already laid it, you know, in, in places unknown, you know, to most except myself. But I knew that Billy Walters was going to lay 10 in the game. And obviously I'm betting it in silent places, but we're not obviously full blasting. I'm not going to ruin the play. Now, Dr. Bob, you know, it's important for me because Dr. Bob then, you know, I remember, I'll never forget it, he released plus 10. So this is great now. You know, the line's going down to nine and a half, nine, whatever. And then right when it settles, I'm over here blasting minus nine, minus nine. Because I know Billy's going to lay the 10. So, and I'm not going to ever lay anything. I'm never going to lay 10, but I'm going to lay every other number so that I'm going to get the better number. And I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to fly more. Um, versus, let's just say Dr. Bob would release a minus 10 then perfect. I'm just going to lay the 10. And then Billy would say, who fucked up my game? It ain't me. It's Dr. Bob. You know what I mean? So you're right. It's important to know um, for timing purposes, um, which way a line is moving. But again, that's for a group that's living, breathing and eating this stuff. Um, for your regular Joe Schmo, um, you know, betting $300 a game, you know, and we just kind of did the math on $10 a pick, you know, you really think laying 17, somebody could overcome and, 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 and beat minus 117? No, and, and I, I mean, I, I think we're kind of beating a dead horse here. We, we, we both agree it's not for everybody. But, but, but I'd rather treat that average Joe with, with, some, with some respect and, and not say, hey, never do this. I, I want to educate him. Like, hey, if you're going to follow somebody, you should look for this. If, you know, if you should, you should know this. You should know I love that. it. You know Let's, so transparency. I love the transparency aspect. Okay, you want to make sure that there's a long history, boom, of picks. Number two, clo positive closing line value. You would agree to this? Yeah, definitely. Okay, and, so and, transparent and, records, positive closing line value. Okay, you just eliminated 99.9% .9 of all picks, pick sellers. Well, that's still, you're still leaving, it's, there's so many of them that still leaves quite a few good ones. There's still a point one. Okay, fair enough. But I'm just, I just, you know, I, I want, you know, obviously, because we know that this is, you know, th these two things that you just mentioned are, uh, are just so rare to come by. They're so hard to come by. And it's, and you just said it, you even said it. Beating this is so hard. Laying 110 and being a pro sports better or beating this game long term is so difficult. Adding service fees, attaching that VIG makes it even harder. You have to be able to bet a lot of money to overcome not just the VIG, but the service fee. And you have to have the line move hard enough so that you get a lot of closing line value to be able to increase your expected value of, and make this a long-term profitable business. There's so many different check marks that you have to check. And I 100% agree with you, Ed, that if all those check marks are checked, Go for it. But to check all those check marks, that shit is hard. No, I, I, I completely agree with you that it's hard. But I think the mistake that a lot of people are making is instantly disqualifying, not even considering anyone could possibly have value because they sold picks in the past or they sell picks now. And, and I think that's a, a big mistake. Fair enough. And, and, you know, I mean, for example, if you if – you, you know, found out who's moving the lines and, oh, it's some service. Oh, it's a service. Forget it. That, you, you probably would have missed out on a, on a huge opportunity. And, and, that, and, and, yeah, and I think that's been repeated, you know, repeated over and over again in history. I mean, there's a lot of guys who got their bankroll started, uh, you know, following Dr. Bob, following an RES. I mean, people tell me all the time. You know, so 100%. 100%. Yeah, anybody, you're right. Listen, in life, any blanket statement is never the right move. There's always a compromise. There's always a gray area and everything. It, nothing's ever really black and white. So I, 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 can't, I can't disagree with you. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of check marks, so many check marks, and, um, and it's hard to check them off. But you're right. If they're all checked well, off, go for it. Well, and let me just add, you know, there, there's, there, there are skills involved in evaluating handicappers. And, and, and not just people who charge, people who give free picks. And, you know, it, it bothers me a lot that people who give free picks get a free pass. They, they get no accountability. You know, people, they think they're the greatest people in the world and the nicest people in the world because they, they give free picks. Do, do they win? Probably no more than, than services do or anyone else. 
you know? Well, so, again, so, so. let me just push back on that. Anybody given free picks has one thing and one thing in mind. They're hoping to catch lightning and to be able to have something good happen so that then they can start charging. That's usually the motive for anybody given free picks. I don't think anybody's given free picks to be nice guys. Listen, I, you know, I'm so cynical. I don't think there's nice guys in this business except myself. No, I'm just joking. But I'm just saying, I don't think there's too many nice guys in this business. Everybody's got an ulterior motive. Everybody's trying to earn. So anybody giving free picks, they're just waiting, hoping to catch like, you know, if I have a Twitter handle, I give free picks. Or if I have, you know, eight Twitter handles, I give three games in a row, free picks, free picks, free picks. By the time, you know, one of those, and I give opposites out, one of those eight Twitter handles is going to go 3-0. and And that's it. Catch lightning. All right, my fourth pick now, you got to send me 20 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it is. So there's always an ulterior motive. Everybody's always trying to do something. Now, I like the thing that you said about write-ups because I, don't, I remember Dr. Bob's write-ups. He would send these emails out, and I was like, what the hell is this shit? It's just so long, and it was always excuses. Um, you, you know, you, you used to do a lot of write-ups. Are there a lot of people that do write-ups these days? And how do you find value in something like that? Well, okay. Yeah. So, so this is kind of my whole point. Like, you know, just, 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 just to go back for a second to the free picks, like, you know, whether it's free or paid or whatever the heck it is, evaluate it for what, what value it brings that, that if it costs money, that's a different question. But whether it's free or whatever it is, you, people need to learn the skills to, to evaluate that pick or that pick maker. And, and, and the first criteria shouldn't be, is the pick free or are they selling? Is that, it, people tend to disqualify people just for selling. You know? but, but back to the write-up thing, you know, I, I think there's so much you know, anti-pick selling sentiment out there that there's a lot of people who sell picks, who give write-ups, that people just look at it and, and, and think it's garbage. And a lot of times they're right, it, it is garbage. But a lot of times there's something in that write-up that there could be a nugget of information where, where someone like me is gonna, is gonna you know, take that and weaponize it. And people who just qualified it or didn't bother looking at it are, are missing out. Well, you might have that skill. You know how many write-ups I've ever read in my life? Probably zero. Exactly. Okay. I don't, but, but that, you know, me and you do different things. That's true. Listen, I'm gonna, all, all the credit to you. If you could weaponize a write up, go right ahead. Um, but, but let's educate people how to do that, how to evaluate instead of never buy picks. Let, let, let's, let's, let's teach people how to evaluate who to follow, why they should follow, not, not, well, 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 not well, never buy picks. Well, anybody that's, you know, again, I think a very important part of it, if anybody that's selling picks, if they're not betting the picks themselves, that to me is really like a red flag. You know what I mean? It, it's got to be a red flag. I don't care, like you said, you know, even when you were starting up, you were betting. Even though it was small, you were building a bakery, you were still betting your own, your own stuff. And that's such, you know, you want to ha- make sure, you know, you have skin in the game with the guy. Because let's just say if I'm paying for a service and – he, you know, I'm buying his pick. I wind up losing. He w- makes money no matter what because he's taking my money, my service fee. That ain't cool. You know what I mean? You're not losing along with me. You're not winning along with me. Um, so it's just like we have to be aligned and have our interests aligned. So that's why I think that if you're not, if the guy's not betting his own stuff, I think that that's a little bit. And of course, most guys are going to say they're betting their own stuff and they're bullshitting. It's just tough, man. You know, like. You know, I know you're not, the, you know, the ultimate tout defender, and I know that's not your thing, um, and I know you kind of, you know, this is your business. But at the same time, I think that you need to acknowledge the fact that you're in, in a class of your own where you actually do this for a living. You're a professional sports better that happens to sell picks instead of a pick seller that happens to bet sports professionally. And I think that's very important. Um, most guys have the majority, most pick sellers that bet sports, the majority of their earn is selling picks because if they didn't, if it wasn't, then they would just give up the pick selling business. It's just too much headache. It's not aligned. It hurt. And if you're moving numbers, which very few people do, then why the hell would you continue uh, selling picks? Unless, like you said, you're trying to build up a reputation and a name and there's a little bit of a, a, a pride thing in it. Okay, cool. I get all that. But, you know, there's just it, – it, it's hard to be able to align both of those interests of wanting the best for your customer and wanting the best for yourself if the stuff is good enough. 
No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I agree with your with your sentiment, but but you know, back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, d- d- does someone have to bet a pick? If if you made a pick, do you have to bet it for it to have value? I I, I don't think, like you know, back to the blanket statement. Yeah, but the person doesn't bet, but it certainly doesn't disqualify the possibility that that pick has value or that that originator has value. Fair so, enough. I agree. I agree. I agree with you, but uh, listen, we went over the check marks, and this is for everybody listening out there. Here are the check marks. You have to have positive closing line value, consistent. Okay, not for ten plays, not for twenty plays. I think it's got to be at least a, I would say a thousand plays. Okay. And, and it's, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't have to be all 1,000 plays. I'm saying you have to have consistent closing line value, okay? And tell me if you agree, yes or no. Of, about having closing line value? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely an important factor. Definitely okay, that's a, big, that's a checkbox. You have to be able to have transparent records. Transparent records, that's very important. Do we agree? We agree, but, but, let, but let me just stop you for a second because here's the thing. There's there's going to be a future RAS that's probably out there right now. Now now they they might not check all the boxes right now. They they, they might just be starting a service and, and and evolving and and maybe in five years they'll be able to check all the boxes. But right now they 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 don't check all of them. Is that a guy that that you should disqualify? Okay, so this is very you're probably, you're probably missing out on a big opportunity. This is very this is very interesting. At this point in my life. I'm not into trying to hit the one out of a thousand. Okay. I, I don't need it. You know, you're right. Cause one out of a thousand are going to be guys that actually are good enough that don't have a, a record or don't have it. But I'm not trying to search for that because 999 of them are going to fizzle away and just go into, you know, uh, into no man's land. But there, there is that person that's building up because everybody's got to start somewhere. But I'm not in the business, and I don't think anybody out there wants to be in the business of trying to vet somebody without a record. So I know everybody's got to start somewhere, just like we all have. Listen, nobody gave me all the credit in the world, or nobody said I was solid. I had to have somebody take a shot at me and, and say, yeah, he's good. He always pays and all this. So my reputation had to get built up. It doesn't happen overnight. So I agree with that. We all have to start somewhere. Somebody's got to take a chance on you. But me personally, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy to take chances. I want somebody established. I want somebody that has that record. And, and again, there's just so few and far in between. There is very few winning handicappers that also sell picks. You are in a league of your own, my friend. And all the set, you know, all, all, all the, the, the praise to you. I, I, you know, you're, you're such a solid guy. And, you know, listen, the, the, the pick selling business, a lot of guys, you know, you're notorious for giving refunds. You're notorious for treating customers um, with, 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 you know, you're just always taking the customer side. You always did the right thing. So I, I have nothing but good things to say about you and your service um, and what you've done for the business. Because listen, there are sports books that I know of in Costa Rica. I'm not going to name any, but there are sports books that I know that have subscribed to your service just so that they wouldn't even write a bet. You know what I mean? They're just, they just want to say, all right, we'll just subscribe to it. It's probably going to cost us less to subscribe to it than to write a bet to it. So, um, so you've, you know, you've definitely impacted the business in a way that, you know, that not many people have impacted. So I give you all the credit in the world and, um, and, and all the praise in the world you've definitely stood the test of time and listen you, you've been around for long enough um to know that this is you know you're, you're not just a flash in the pan you're the real deal i, I appreciate it and you know the, the respect is mutual because you know I, I i think i think one of the things i'm most proud of is is, is how long we've, we've been able to sustain the success and i know you know there's very few people out there you're definitely one of them that you know has have been able to sustain that long-term success as well yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that fizzle out, a lot of, a lot of fly-by-night guys, guys that, you know, might have a year, two years, five years. You know, it, it, it's, it's to be able to last in this business is definitely, and especially in this day and age, is a telltale sign that, you know, you're doing the right thing. So I appreciate the compliment. And, and, I, and I think the key is, and I think, in fact, you know, you probably agree with me on your end, but I think the key, the key to it is having a great team. And, you know, I, I already mentioned Mike and Jeff and, and you know, the team we have, put together right now is the best we ever had. And, you know, that, that's what makes us who we are and, and everything sustainable and hopefully, you know, a bunch of good years to come.
a hundred percent um you know my team trying you know if, if i don't I'm, I'm not trying to compare teams but you know but yes. <laughs> I, you mentioned your team i felt as if i should mention my team I, but chinese mike luke and manny um these are the guys that are you know without my team i'm really uh they they're the best at what they do and um again you're right having a great team is is, is paramount um when i interviewed roxy uh roxy you know i asked him what's the best advice and roxy you know said don't, don't try to do everything yourself try to find somebody to help you you know to, to work with you to try to create that synergy and that was you know of all the things a roxy roxborough could have advised that's the one thing he advised so i thought that was that was pretty special and i think it, it definitely holds true you're only as good as your team so um agree, absolutely. Agree. so ed you know the name of this podcast be better betters um i try to give advice uh to um to anybody out there and um, I know exactly what, what you're going to advise. You're going to tell everybody, whatever you do, don't buy picks. No, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> no, no. but you know, what, what bit of advice can you give to any uh, perspective or, or um, I'm sorry, to any, uh, to any sports bettors out there that are coming up in the business to become, you know, better or to maybe lose less or maybe turn this around, try to win more? How do you become a better better? With your experience, given your experience, I'm sure you have some insight. Well, I got a couple of things. Um, the, the first one is, is if you got to specialize in something, you, you got to be good in, in something. There's so many things out there that, that go into being successful. You know, some people got their models. Some people are great at getting the information. Some people are great at reading the screen or, you know, you know market type stuff. Uh, you know, and, and there's, there's so many different markets. Some people, you know, they're great at MMA fighting. Some people, you know, are doing WNBA. Some people are doing props, whatever. Find that one thing that you're good at that you can provide value to people. And, you know, that's, that's going to be your, your entry point into the industry because, you know, you provide value to people that will provide value to you and, and you can really grow from there. But, but the second thing is, um, you know, and I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, like one of the, one of the things that really sped up my, you know, evolving and, and development is, you know, getting on the sharp betting forms and, and, you know, back in the day there, there were a lot of them and, and, you know, just hearing the way those people talked and, and made decisions and, and, you know, it, I was able to pick up a lot of things that really, you know, sped up my advancement. And, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know or not, but we started a new community that's called bettingtalk.com. It's a Slack community. So it's all live chat and you can get on your phone and, you know, it's got notifications, a bunch of fancy stuff. But, you know, there's, there's, there's guys in there who, who are real pros, you know, real pros. Um, guys who've written books, guys who have been successful at the highest levels. And, and, and they're in there and they're not going to give away, um, not going to give away their secret, you know, secret sauce, but they're willing to help you. They're willing to answer questions. They're willing to save you a ton of time. So, you know, I think anyone who's had aspirations would be silly not to get in there, not to, you know, soak up all the information that's being exchanged in there. And, and I think it'd be a big benefit for a lot of people. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, uh, I, when I was coming up in the business forums were very, that's only, that's all, that's all we had. There was no Twitter, none of that. So forums were, were, were great for me and guys would help me and, and, and guys would answer my questions even on private messages or in the forums. And it was just so nice for people to do that and people didn't have to. And I'm part of the Slack community that you talked about. And, you know, if people would ask me questions, I'm happy to help people out. And, you know, I even, you know, would try, would hope to learn something. You know, you never could stop learning. Even, even though I've been doing this for so long, I never want to stop learning from anything. So you definitely want to keep learning and keep the education alive. Um, so what's the name of the Slack community again? You just want to repeat it for the listeners? Yeah, you just go to bayandtot.com. You put your email in and, and you'll get an invite to join the Slack. And, and this is for free. Yeah, it's free. And I love it, brother. I love it. I love it. This is such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, you really uh, shared some insight and shared some history, had a little debate on the pick selling business, got none but respect for you and your team. And um, check out Ed's Betty Slack community. Um, no, Betty Talk on Slack community.
to learn a lot about different things. There's different channels on there for different sports, and people are always on there. Ed's entire team's on there, Jeff and Mike and Ed, and everybody's chatting away, boom, 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 describing stuff. And um, I think you could definitely pick some, um, some, some nuggets up in that forum. Thanks so much, Ed, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. And I, and I you know, we're all big fans of, of, the, of the pod and, and, you know, hope you keep doing them. Hey, man, I thank you so much. I hope so, too. Soon enough, though, people will say, uh, you know what, forget that guy. We don't want to talk to him. <laughs> we'll all right, Ed. Thanks again, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Man, that was really great talking to my buddy Ed from Right Angle Sports. I've known Ed for a long time. He's definitely shaken up the business in so many positive ways. He's been in the game for so long. He knows what he's doing. That was such a great time that I had, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.